to Steppin' on the Beach, the only place to read your emails and tweets. It's Wednesday, July 8th. Thanks for joining us. I'm J.E. Skeets, and alongside me, ready to build a sandcastle, Tass Mellis. Here we go. What's up, Tassie? We got the bearded one, Trey Kirby. Heyo. Heyo. The international man of mystery, taking it to the max, Lee Ellis. Friends. Mm, Lee And last but not least, making the magic happen, is J.D. Hello. There he is, and here we are. Guys, thanks so much for sending in your questions and comments. Keep them coming. They never stop. Email us, nodunks at theathletic.com, or tweet them in if you want, at nodunksinc, or use that hashtag, nodunks. A few quick notes before we get to today's questions. First, make sure you check out Tuesday's podcast with television writer and NBA Twitter meme king, Josiah Johnson. Uh, This was a lot of fun. We posted it a little bit later in the day on Tuesday than normal, so highly recommend you go back and give that one a listen. It's always uh, refreshing to find out someone that is so damn funny, like (laughs) Josiah is, is also just a cool-ass guy and really, really nice. Um, So that was a blast. So make sure you check out that Tuesday podcast. Also, quick update on the T-shirts. Guys, thanks so much um, for your patience with these. I know I said there were some going out maybe late last week, a lot of you emailing in, hey, just wanted to check, is my order, you know, coming? It is. Uh, COVID did a number on our small t-shirt company. They lost a couple of employees. So it's down to like a one or two man operation. So they're busting their ass. But I've been told that if you ordered from 1690 to 1750, those are shipping this week. And then they've got another 50 queued up after that. So they are coming, guys. And again, apologize for the delay, but we'll get those t-shirts to you. If you don't have one, go to nodunks.com. Uh, but you know 1690 what? 1690 to 1750, <laughs> does that mean you're giving the numbers out of how many shirts we've sold? No, nah, well, I mean, no, that's just a batch. That's okay. a batch. Because okay. uh, you all get an order number when you get one. So I just thought, you know, get a little more specific here. Um, <laughs> and, and, they, and they didn't lose employees as in lost them to COVID, but they no, quit. I mean, Not to get morbid here. I, had to, I think they had to consolidate a little bit, Tass. You know, okay. small business, uh, it's not easy right now. But, yep, uh, they're, 100%. They're, they're trying their best. And again, thank you guys for ordering a t-shirt and uh, we will get them to you. I promise. They'll, they'll get there eventually. Um, finally, before we get into the questions, Lee, I was we were going to save this till Friday, but let's just get it out of the way now. We got to hear your reaction to news that Magic Johnson <laughs> doesn't write his own tweets. It's all a sham. It's uh, all a sham, Lee. I don't think that's true. I think Magic is just throwing everyone off the scent because how can you possibly create something so perfect like that and have someone else be the, the brains behind it? It's all Magic. It's all Magic. I mean, it's perfect, I think. So I, I, I think Magic is, is actually the writer behind it and this is just a great way to sort of twist the story a little bit. What? Okay, that's a weird take. Um, but he did say uh, on the Rob Lowe podcast, um, <laughs> which I didn't know was, didn't know that was a thing, but anyway. Is that the Rob Palenka podcast? <laughs> I know, right? He wrote, or he said, um, Lee, I have somebody write them out. I tell them what I want to say and they write them. So Lee, that makes that's sense. interesting. Magic Johnson, you're saying still is tweeting. It's still him writing it, even though he's not technically. <laughs> Fascinating, Lee. It's, it's course it's him. I mean, again, you try to find me the brain that can really put themselves right into Magic's shoes and, and just tweet so perfectly like he does. I mean, I, I, I just don't think, it, I don't think there's a human out there who can do <clears throat> what Magic's brain wants him to do. It's all Magic. 
But I mean, this is this is amazing. So Magic, in theory, leans back on his couch, just like your setup, <laughs> Lee, in your living room there, and goes, all right, hey, hey, man, hey, man, write this down, tweet this out. I really like a couple MVP favorites. The following are Giannis, LeBron. <laughs> Uh, Donovan nah. Mitchell, Damian Lillard, like. See, I think, I think, I think, in that sense, you've got it wrong. I think Magic's there, and he's talking to somebody, and someone says, "You know, I think James Harden could win MVP this year." He goes, "Yeah, James Harden's having a good season. So is Russell Westbrook, actually." What about Chris Paul? Chris Paul's had a good season too. <laughs> Don't forget LeBron. LeBron's pretty. Oh, LeBron, yeah, LeBron's great too. And then that's you know what? We should make this a tweet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's Hassan why you got to give the ghostwriter a lot of credit. They're the one that's looking at the phone saying. <laughs> You got another 28 characters, man. Jam another player in there. Put somebody else on the list. And then it's like, hey, did you know you can thread tweets now? Oh, that's good. I want to get that Hassan Whiteside taken there. Exciting, exciting. All right, so you you still believe it's actually magic writing these, it sounds uh, of like. Of course I do. Of course right. I do. I will never. It's like the Tooth Fairy or Santa Claus, man. I will never believe it's somebody else. It's all magic. Okay. I hope you're right. All right, well, let's get into the questions. We got some uh, great ones here today. First one here, it's a quickie and it's a bit pessimistic. NDZs, assign a percentage of likelihood to the following statement. The NBA will crown a champion in 2020. Give me 45%. Mm. That's from Nick in Cleveland. 45% that we're going to get a champion in Orlando. What do you think, Skeets? Um... Well, I'm going to drop it even lower after seeing the food they're giving these guys. Oh, um, that, that, that's way more fake than the Magic Johnson tweet situation. What do you mean? What do you mean? I, oh, listen. If you look at the slide before, the menu is there. It's chicken parm or there's a full there's a full meal that's coming. Just because you got a quick snapshot doesn't mean that's his whole meal. There's a well, lot more Well, it sure didn't coming. look appetizing, Tass. I mean, it looks like an airline train. Well, ESPN's Malika Andrews has been posting everything she's been eating since she got to the bubble last week she is getting far superior meals than what was in that mm. little she's got so much extra she could feed all the people who are coming down to disney this weekend as there's no way that troy daniels is getting a poorer meal than malika andrews I, not to worry these guys are going to be eating all right that's well, all i gotta say i saw mark stein too i mean people were having a blast or going nuts on twitter about this because uh yeah the photos are sure it doesn't look appetizing it does look like something you would get um on a flight where you're watching mrs doubtfire and they pop the tray down in front of you or the fire festival and all that but stein you know let everybody know in his newsletter i guess it was or he tweeted i can't remember it's not going to look like that for the entire three and a half months because they have they are the players have come and they have to do the quarantine for like whatever it is 24 to 48 hours you know you're going to get these trays right now and then it will be it'll turn more into a hotel experience i guess once the players are no longer stuck in quarantine um but i don't know lee it didn't like i hear what tess is saying uh you're right malika andrews is eating like a queen um <laughs> but the photos we saw they looked a little rough no yeah, and you would have thought that the NBA would have been a little bit more wary of something like that because of the Fry Festival, you know? Like, everyone's going to blast out those, uh, those, those photos of their food. And so you would think they would have tried to sexy it up a little bit. Um, yeah, I, 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 the actual, to answer the sort of question, though, like, I started off kind of high, but I am, I am dropping. Um, because, again, COVID, I think, I think we had the most recorded cases in the US yesterday since this whole thing started so it's not great and we've seen so many players and teams have so many people test positive that i think it's just it's going to happen that one or two teams are just going to get it's going to go through those teams and it's going to really 
jeopardize the whole tournament or you mm-hmm. know restart resumption whatever you want to call it so I, i'm 45 percent about where i am right now honestly less than 50 percent I'm, I'm not convinced we can get two and a half three months worth of basketball without some sort of uh you know some sort of uh stoppage again i, I will say i was having a laugh about the food and all that but here's a positively and guys correct me if i'm wrong the raptors have been in florida since June 22nd, and they were working out at uh, Florida Gulf Coast University, and they're living the hotel life, and they're living like their own little sort of bubble life. And I think Nick Nurse just recently said he does feel more safe with the concept of this maybe working because they've been going through it. They've had no new cases or anything like that within their team, so that's good. He feels like they're in somewhat of a safe environment, so um, maybe that's a, that is a positive, uh, I think. Trey, am I wrong? I'm way over 45%. I think that the league is going to crown a champion because of things that you're saying. You know, they think it's a lot safer in the bubble. Besides, we've also had 5% of players have already tested positive. A quarter of teams have closed facilities, and there are massive case numbers in Florida, not to mention countrywide. And that has prompted zero talk from the league about when they would stop. We haven't heard anything about a plan or a metric that would make them say it's actually time here to shut down. I think it's going to be like when things got shut down in March. It's just going to be waiting till the last possible minute. Something's going to happen. And if that actually does happen, if it's a player testing positive like Rudy Gobert did, um, you know, that's when the league says, okay, we officially can't do this. You know, that night, March 11th, they were still planning on playing games with no fans in the stands around in some parts of the country, despite the fact that, like, you know, San Francisco had said, you can't have gatherings over a thousand people, but they were still going to try and play games. They're just going to wait as long as they possibly can. It feels like we are uh, a snowball gaining momentum, momentum, momentum. I think that, uh, you know, it, there are different scenarios, surely, that would trigger a shutdown. I think it, it will be different if LeBron James is diagnosed with coronavirus compared to Troy Daniels. Um, but uh, I don't think that there seems like there's necessarily a shutdown plan. It's probably just going to be when we see it, we see it. I've got a question about Troy Daniels because he's bounced around the league. What team does he play for? The Grizzlies, I think. Yeah, he, he started on the Lakers, but they waived him. Or yeah, okay, just him. curious. Just Here's curious, the real question, Tass. About... What hotel is he in? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> and, and, and that's an interesting thing. You know, we talked to... Carly Weisel earlier, the Disney expert, and she said that a lot of these hotels are opening and they are starting to open this Saturday. Uh, But that being said, I have faith in the NBA that these people will not be crossing the paths of NBA players on a regular and that the Disney employees shouldn't be seeing the NBA personnel. Listen, in in my non-expert opinion, I'm on the timeline or the the sort of the, uh, the wavelength with Trey in that at the end of it all, there's going to be a champion. There may be a quick hiatus where we have to say, whoa, a couple guys on the Lakers got it. We got to wait a week. I mean, I think everything wow. is sort of a fluid situation here. I don't, I, I don't think that the plans have been drawn up and they're going to stick to it. I mean, the guidelines are there, that's for sure. But if something has to change, if they have to say, you know, one of these, the top teams uh, needs to get healthy, then we'll wait a few days or – uh, you know, I, I think there's lots of balls up in the air. I think the good thing is that Adam Silver has softened his stance a little bit in the last few weeks. And he has said, if it is rampant and it runs through a team, uh, then we will stop. Or, you know, he didn't say if it runs through a team, but there are He said significant where... amount of positive cases. Yeah, right. that's right. Yeah. Inside, before... the, inside the protected campus. Yeah. Right. And before there wasn't 
any sort of mention of that whatsoever. Yeah, there wasn't the pro- any mention that we would stop whatsoever. Right. The problem is, and Trey said it, is what does significant amount mean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I don't that's think... That's the gray area. I, yeah. I, think, I think it comes... I honestly believe that comes down to the, the, the names of the players. Yeah, you know, it might. If it it's might. LeBron and Anthony Davis and, you know, Dwight Howard, whoever, then I think that's significant. If it's uh, end of the bench guys, I think they'd probably write it out, personally. Right. And then maybe that even depends on the team right like we're already sure. looking at the nets the nets aren't sending anybody now i yeah. mean lee you're going to be playing you're getting the call up soon <laughs> and so. it's a, a part of it is like well sorry it's the nets they weren't going to win the title anyway right yeah, okay uh, but if that's the lakers or if that's yeah. the bucks or whoever you know one of the elite teams then i think there's a hell more of an issue where you're like well i don't know this is this is a little odd now we're gonna have one of our best teams our title contenders and they don't have five or six of their guys um, and the timing the as well. If it, if it's into the playoffs and a team's up, yeah. you know, three one or something like that, and the team that's three up, three one up, if they're the team that that suffers, then again, I don't know what the league does. They're like, well, you know, we can't just let them keep playing. But the other team's probably now going to come back and win the series, so uh, it's it's tough. But I think that's the thing. Ultimately, Adam Silver is going to probably cross all these bridges when he comes to them. You know, rather than sort of say flat out this is what we're doing if this happens and this is what we're doing if that happens i think he'll just have to deal with it uh as as they turn up but um i you know like what nick nurse and the raptors are saying there i can understand why they probably feel okay right now because they are confined to this uh, their own bubble but it's when these teams start playing each other and and everyone starts blending together that's when i think the most danger is that that uh you know the virus can spread so easily because they're going to be breathing all over each other, sweating all over each other, a lot of contact, a lot of physical close contact, and that's where the virus spreads. Mm-hmm. Well, it's even before that, though, because, yeah, they've been sort of all in their um, – they're all mini camps, and they've been tested, and they're, that was baked into the timeline. We're going to have everybody test. You're not going to go down if you're testing positive. You're going to wait it out. You're going to have to come individually if the rest of your team is going. And that's what happened in the MLS as well. Everybody was seemingly healthy. And then Dallas FC went down to Orlando. They're also playing in Orlando. Major League Soccer is having a tournament down there. And then all of a sudden it ran rampant through their team after they got down there. So the the transfer, the transition from the cities down there is an issue. And I, I think even the NBA has learned from Dallas FC situation. So... Uh, it could happen any day. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter if, it, if they're sweating on each other in, in three weeks. It could happen this week. And I think that's what's definitely going to happen. I think you can, you can 100% that something is going to happen in the next couple of weeks where guys can't play as much or train as much, and we're going to be talking about, whoa, these guys are rusty. Whoa, uh, they're, they're half, they have to take some more time to practice. And so that is going to affect the basketball. I think that, that is something that you can take that to the bank. At first, at least, you know, maybe in the playoffs, things will be fine, but we're going to see some major rust. And I think the eight game schedule is going to be more of a more of a warm up in the end because it's going to take some time to get down there and quarantine. And this three week training camp is going to turn into two weeks and one and a half weeks. Uh, And and that I mean, that's another guess, but I, I assume that's what's going to happen. Let's hear from you guys out there. What percentage that we get? Uh, how confident are you feeling? We get a 2020 champion. Let us know on Twitter. Next one here. Thrunks. Longtime fan since that room full of drawers. <laughs> this has been a longtime fan, if you get that reference. This guy's uh, been watching or listening for a long time. Your conversation a while back about DeMar DeRozan's Hall of Fame chances got me thinking. Obviously, the Hall of Fame is a place to honor really good players. 
but as the internet has confirmed for me, it's not actually called the, the Hall of Very Good. It is called the Hall of Fame, despite the demonstrable fact that many of the players in there are not, in fact, famous. <laughs> it bothers me that the Hall of Fame will admit players who are good, but not famous, while excluding players who are famous, but not necessarily good enough on the court to merit inclusion. So my question, this is a fun one. What bad or even decent player would you send to the hall on the basis of actual fame or infamy rather than playing ability? My choices would be Muggsy Bogues for being short and Anthony Mason for being mocked on a notorious B.I.G. track. <laughs> Thanks for all you do. That's from Silas in Chicago. It's a great point and a very fun question. The Hall of Fame task. So who's getting in just on pure fame reasons? Muggsy Bogues, a great one. I oh, heard it's a him, great one. Heard him mentioned on a podcast this last week. He hasn't played for a very long time. He's 5'3". Put him in there. I think another guy uh, famous for many, many reasons, but not so much as basketball play, is Zaza Pachulia. <laughs> we're, putting, we're putting that big head into the Hall of Fame. Now, uh, he changed the game in multiple ways, and I've created an exhibit, okay. a room for Zaza Pachulia. So you walk into a room in the Hall of Fame, we all know he had a monster noggin. It was probably an eight-incher. He's probably wearing an eight, eight and a quarter, eight and a half hat. So when you walk into this room, huge bust of his head in the middle of the room. Just a huge, huge head. On one wall, the video of him saying, nothing easy, baby, is just looping because yep. it's infamous. Yep. Another wall, video of him stepping under Kawhi Leonard and sending Kawhi... Mm away from the Spurs eventually and to the Toronto Raptors and a you know, quick shot of him winning with the Raptors. Maybe Kawhi winning with the Clippers. You know, we can add that in a sure. bit later. <laughs> Another wall. It's the final 2016 All-Star voting tally when <laughs> Zaza Pachulia was number four among forwards. And, and you want to talk about infamy. We talked about Zaza Pachulia not being deserving of being an All-Star. And the whole country of Georgia came after us on Facebook. <laughs> oh, no. It, it, for real. Terrifying. In some way. Yeah, exactly. I, I, Zuckerberg, we needed to do a little bit of a uh, little bit of filtering there. There's a lot of swearing coming at us. Uh, and because, yeah, we talked about Zaza Pachulia not being deserving of an all-star. He wasn't one of the best three forwards that league or that year. And they changed the rules essentially after that to make sure that it was a more balanced voting system that yeah. fans couldn't just get you in so he's changed history i think zaza gets a room wow that's that's good good breakdown there he is mm. famous and he's um not very good but put him in the hall of <laughs> fame 16 years in the nba like okay but i i will push back against the not being good if you're in the nba oh yeah okay i mean okay we're I'm talking about the hall of fame, hall fame. Of fame man. yeah okay <laughs> putting everybody in hey did you play basketball you're in the hall of fame no 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 but the, but that not being good i mean come on the guy's like pretty good Oh, yeah. okay. 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 I mean, okay. I was looking at the levels of a Hall of Fame player. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I know, I know. But the, the the Silas is like, hey, you're not good. But you're right. Level of level. Hey, yeah. He wasn't an All Star. He's probably not going to be a Hall of Famer. No, probably not. <laughs> what, what about you, Trey? Who you got going in? Uh, if you're putting in Muggsy, you got to put in Manute Bowl as well. And you should probably just put in that picture of the two of them standing next to each other. Um, <laughs> yep. But for me, the guy to invite is Gilbert Arenas. Ah. Uh, you know, he was kind I of... I got him too. Yeah. <laughs> See? Everybody yep. loved him. Yep. Uh, you know, like basically 04 to 07, he started with the Warriors. He became a rule himself, the Gilbert Arenas rule, which made yep. it easier uh, for teams to sign their second round draft picks after they finally became... 
a free agent. You know, he averaged almost 30 a game in back-to-back seasons. He finally became an all-star starter. He was basically the first NBA blogger with Dave McMenamin uh, acting as the Magic Johnson tweeter for him. Gilbert (laughs) would just tell Dave McMenamin something and type it out. Maybe it's Dave McMenamin who's writing Magic Johnson's tweets. He's in L.A. Ooh. We might have just cracked the case here, but, uh, you know, Gilbert Arenas finally started an all-star game, soon got hurt after, signed a humongous deal, wasn't really able to get healthy. Then he brought a gun into the locker room, and it was basically all over for (laughs) Gilbert Arenas. But for three years, he was like an internet superhero. Yeah. Didn't Didn't he come after you on Twitter one day too, Trey? Uh, yeah, I got a, got a little twisted up in the Joe Mandy business. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a little Mandy mania. Yeah. Uh, he, he was a great... That's, I had exactly the same choice because he had that window of like three or four years where he was like a superstar in the league, three-time All-Star. I don't think he... I think the Wizards waived him too before he even began that massive contract because of the gun incident, I believe. Um, I, don't, I don't think he actually played a, a season under that $111 million contract because... Uh, you know, he signed it, and it was like you know the the following year, and then he then he did all the gun stuff. So um, <laughs> did all the gun stuff. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, what a way to sort of like boot yourself out of the league, you know, like uh, becoming just such a such a uh, trouble uh, a trouble guy to have for a team. So yeah, I, I think he's a great choice for this answer. I would, uh, I had him down too. Um, if we're doing Muggsy, I think you're you gotta make a case for Spud Webb then too, right? I mean. If you're that height and you're in the NBA, I mean, you're, you should go in because you're just going to be a fan favorite. And, yeah. you know, he's got the dunk contest win, too, and was a decent player. You know, obviously not a Hall of Fame type of player, but great name, too. Um, so he's just along the same lines as Muggsy, who's a no-brainer for the Hall of mm. actual fame. I put Spud into, but mm. those are all, all really good answers. All right, next email here. Evening, no dunkers. This question may have been answered in years past, but it's always a fun topic of conversation. Has your team ever drafted someone over the player you wanted, but both players turned out okay? You know what? I'm not sure we've ever had that question. (laughs) Well, we probably have. Uh, I'll set the scene for my question. It's draft day 2017, the best holiday of the year. Me and some fellow Heat bros have a 24-pack chillin'. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, baby. The Heat are set to select at number 13, and John Collins, who went to high school in Miami and was a dominant ACC player, is still available. The pick is in. It's Bam Adebayo. While donning my D-Way jersey, I immediately yell out at my TV in disgust over how we drafted a, quote, bum from Kentucky with limited abilities over the local Collins kid. Of course, my friends videoed his re- or this reaction and still to this day hold it over my head. Both players have to this point showed incredible flashes and are all-star caliber players already. Well, Bam is an all-star. Mm-hmm. Has there been an instance when you were upset over your team's draft decision that ultimately worked out for all parties involved? Thanks for the continued laughs. That's from Ryder in St. Louis. I struggled with this question uh, a big part because... I don't follow college basketball all that closely, so I don't have like super strong opinions generally on like, oh, I, we got to get that guy or that guy's better than that guy, you know? Like, I just don't care all that much about college basketball, and really, until they're in the NBA, I'm not watching a ton of them outside of maybe highlights and stuff like that or big college games, maybe some March Madness. But I have a weird answer, I guess. First draft I ever went to was the 2006 draft, and the Raptors, our Raptors, had the number one pick. And lo and behold, who do they take? It's Andrea Bargnani, <laughs> the first overall pick. Now, I am on the record saying 
in retrospect, Bargnani bit ahead of his time as a you know a seven foot three point shooter. Really didn't do a whole lot else, but was pretty damn decent. Was a twenty point per game scorer there for one year, um, and was fine. I mean, he's not going in the Hall of Fame. Okay, I don't care whatever uh, the metrics are. But the Blazers took LaMarcus Aldridge at number two. And, you know, I'm just, like, wondering, like, it worked out for both of them, really. Like, Bargnani, we got some good jokes off being Raptors fans. We got some good viral videos out of him. And then LaMarcus Aldridge is, like, possibly a borderline Hall of Famer when it's all said and done. I think he'll be close. Um, if not in, I think some people would have him in. So, yeah, it worked out well. For both, maybe I was like at the time, like, oh, Bargnani, like, who is this guy even? And maybe I knew Aldridge a little bit more, but in the end, I love the Raptors Bargnani mm-hmm. days. I can't believe I'm saying it. <laughs> it's cra- it was, it's oh, crazy, it but I fun. picked him too. That was oh, my my go. pick for this. Uh, maybe because uh, I was deep in the Brian Colangelo Kool-Aid back then. That was oh. Brian Colangelo's first pick as uh, as GM for the Raps. He was pumped to take a European. I, I also jumped on his back. I, I also said, yeah, let's do this. And yeah, uh, LaMarcus Aldridge at number two, the Bulls. And then mm-hmm. and then he traded. they traded him uh, immediately to the, the Blazers. Right. Yeah, sure. And Brandon Roy down there, sure. Way better. But um, yeah, we made a great video. One of our best videos. <laughs> Kanye West's power. No one man should have all that pasta. Uh, JD did a number on that video. It's a beautiful visual. So uh, thanks to Kanye. Thanks to Bargs. And what do you want? What do you want? Two more rebounds from LaMarcus Aldridge? <laughs> well, that's crazy to think. Like, put LaMarcus Aldridge at the number one spot in a Toronto Raptor uniform. I mean, I think it... it negatively hurts his chances of maybe being a Hall of Famer. Lee, I don't know, you agree? Like he probably yeah. becomes Bargnani, right? I mean I their mean, games are not totally different. Yeah. Yeah. I, Aldridge yeah. is better. Yeah, yeah it's still right. They're both you know, like Aldridge yeah. is a better scorer inside, no doubt about it. He's a better overall player. Actually yeah. plays defense, actually yeah. tries. Um, <laughs> yeah. is still in the NBA. He doesn't get hurt all the time. I understand yeah. that Aldridge is better but they can both shoot it from far away. And yeah. I, I'll add to all this, too, in a weird, twisted way. It almost has to go like this. It has to go Bargnani. It has to go Aldridge. Or otherwise, you know, we start messing around with it. We get a butterfly effect. And then Lowry doesn't yeah. get drafted to the Grizzlies, who then ultimately doesn't make his way to the Raptors, who ultimately doesn't bring us a title or help bring us that, a title. That's, that's why you've got to Ooh. look at it now, big picture. Would, the, yeah. would, you know, would LaMarcus Aldridge have stayed more than four or five seasons in Toronto? You know, Probably not. Probably Unlikely. Not. Yeah. Unlikely. So, you know, Bagnani gets traded and, uh, and Kyle Lowry comes in. And, and ultimately, you know, yeah, the Raptors go on to win a championship. Would they have won one? <laughs> With LaMarcus Aldridge. <laughs> the Raptors won a championship because they drafted Barney yeah. That's oh, next listen. level it thinking, did work out for everybody. You know, you, 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 just gotta, you just gotta look at all, at all the jigsaw piece, uh, puzzle pieces, how they all fit together, and it's like, Ooh. it did work out perfectly for them. So I, just, I just sort of feel that LaMarcus would have gotten to the stage where he was like, I can't win here, I want to go back, and it would have been another case of like, alright, another star gets drafted, but he doesn't want to stay in Toronto. So, yeah. Yeah, worked what out if, for the best. What well, about you? It definitely, wor- it definitely worked out that way for Chris Bosh, who didn't want to play with Andrea Bargnani anymore. Maybe he would have played with Lamarcus Aldridge. Maybe, but be like having the same guy out there. <laughs> yeah, really sure. weird. Um, what about you, Trey, with the Bulls? Uh, Jordan Bell was an embarrassing draft mistake for the Bulls for exactly one season. Uh, the Bulls 
took him uh, right at the beginning of the second round, 2017, traded him immediately for $3.5 million, all for the cash considerations. Jordan Bell then gets his first career start about 12 games into the year. He's like, you know, do, doing the little money hands, rubbing his fingers in pregame, saying, hey, how, many, how much, how's cash considerations doing over there? The Warriors go out and beat the Bulls by 49 points. <laughs> it's a disaster. The Bulls look like idiots for just giving away a player. The Warriors win a title. Jordan Bell helps out. But rookie year was basically Jordan Bell's peak. You know, he hasn't yeah. really been able to get back to that sort of a contributor level. People had a lot of expectations for him after that first year. You know, he might be the new Draymond Green, some were saying. Um, didn't turn out that way. The Bulls, you know, maybe they invested that $3.5 million. Maybe that's what they're using to pay Jim Boylan. That's how they got the punch clock in. I don't know what, <laughs> what they actually got for the $3.5 million, but they didn't really lose out on Jordan Bell, I don't think. All right, interesting answer. Next one here. What up, no dunks? I was looking back at this year's past draft and thinking about possible stars drafted late. One player who stood out was Bull Bull, who I believe can be pretty good sixth man still for the Nuggets, maybe in a few years. He has the potential and game to reach that level, but his unique body and skill could hurt his chances. Denver, of course, struck gold with Michael Porter Jr. Can they do it again? with Bull Bull. Who is someone you believe in that was recently drafted or maybe signed that you believe will become a key piece for their NBA team soon? Thanks for the consistent five-star podcast. Hmm. That's from Henry in SoCal. Hopefully he has jumped over to our iTunes Apple page and uh, left us that five-star podcast review. Hopefully you have read me. But what do you think, Trey? A guy that has been recently drafted or signed that you believe could be a key piece? Not drafted guys or super future guys, but players that I think are going to actually help out in the bubble could actually be contributors in the bubble. I am a J.R. Smith believer. We're going to have a J.R. Smith moment somehow. Wow. Um, you know, it's it's still early. I'm still feeling optimistic. Uh, so I would think it's going to be a good moment, but there's no guarantees with J.R. Smith. And I also think the Rockets have done a smart thing, picking up uh, Luke Mbamute and David Nwaba. You know, they are going to be playing small. They're going to need a lot of wings. They might let Mute play center a little bit. You know, David Nwaba, I think, is both is actually very good. I think both of those guys will be contributors because, you know, Mike D'Antoni seems to get the most out of role players and guys who just sort of stick to what they're the best at. He finds out a, a way to make them excel at what they're the best at. And then both of those guys are going to give uh, the Rockets a little on the defensive end. So I, I can see both of those two little minor signings actually paying off can't wait i cannot wait to watch the houston rockets mike d'antoni has already sort of backpedaled he told uh, the athletics kelly eco listen i'm done going with the uh, the short rotations i'm gonna play like nine guys and now in an interview this week i might play seven eight nine guys but <laughs> I'm, uh, it's it's so interesting to watch those guys because there's so many guys uh, so many players on that roster that were amazing in 2014 tyson chandler uh you, you mentioned uh, there's Jeff Green, uh, Damari Carroll. Uh, I think David Nwaba is. I think he's going to be hurt this this coming uh, tournament and won't be playing till next right, year. Right. But uh, yeah, Robert Covington. Like, there's just this. Daryl Morey just signs interesting guys. Cannot wait to see what they do. And they couldn't sign Gerald Green again, right? Which they yeah, would have if yeah. they could have. Yeah, because I waived him. Yeah. Yep. Yep. What about you, Ali? 
Uh, I like Anthony Simons uh, for the Blazers. He was a first rounder a couple of years ago. I think he played in that game we commented uh, commentated on, I think. Uh, he showed a couple of flashes this year for the Blazers, and I think he's going to be a good player in a couple of years. I think he's got some good, uh, you know, being playing behind Dame and CJ McCollum. I think he's going to learn the ropes a little bit there, and when an opportunity presents, I think, uh, I think he's going to be a good player. So... Had a couple of twenty-point games this year. I mean, you know, it's um, you know, he's playing on the Blazers, so he doesn't get huge uh, national attention. But um, from from what I've seen of him, I think I think he's a player. I know there was a few um, draft rumors, or excuse me, uh, trade rumors about the Blazers, and they were like, "We're not trading Anthony Simons. We want to keep him." So uh, they are pretty high on him, and I, and I can see why. I think uh, I think it, as he grows, he could almost be like another CJ. You know, sort of just come through the ranks and uh, as his game develops, just becomes uh, a pretty consistent, reliable sort of scoring option for them. Yeah, that's a good answer. My guy is, I mean, he was drafted a couple of years ago now, so I don't know if you want to count it as recently. Um, But I'm just convinced, um, and Lee, you can go ahead and drop your, uh, (laughs) you know, your Simpsons line on me. But I am convinced, in all honesty, that Dylan Brooks, in his career, is going to be like a real key piece, like a, a strong contributor to like a championship team. I just, I don't know, just the way he plays and what he can give you on both sides a little bit. I just, you can just see it, um, that he'll probably pick up a title somewhere down the line. It could be 10 years from now and it may not be with the Grizzlies, but some other team. But go ahead, Lee. Drop yeah, it. Homer. No, he had a good season. Uh, he had a good season, Dylan Brooks. Uh, just good yeah. thing he wasn't confused for Marshawn Brooks again like he was right. Uh, right. his first year. He made a name for himself. His yeah, own name. Exactly. Carved yeah. it out. Yeah. And he, although he is Canadian, he's got a little Jamal Murray Canadian in him. He's a, he's a confident dude. <laughs> yeah. We got these confident Canadians now. It's nice. Yeah. Not these Meek Mill Canadians, you know? <laughs> uh, okay, uh, I'll throw in Cam Reddish. It's a bit of a homer call as well, living in Atlanta here. Sure. But I'm pumped for Cam Reddish. I think, uh, you know, he's it's a, it's a real potential type guy. It's a real Jeff Green type situation. <laughs> Ceiling high, and uh, maybe the floor is, is pretty low as well. But um, he's cool in that he's right-handed, but it almost seems like he's left-handed because he dribbles with his left hand all the freaking time. Yep. Uh, but... Uh, I think he too will be a, a contributor to a real good team. I think he can do both I see on Cam, both sides I see, of the ball. I see Cam quite a bit out here on the streets. He lives just up the road here from me, so he's oh. out walking his dog. Yeah, does he really? Yeah, yeah. I haven't seen him for a while though. I don't know. Maybe he's. Uh, do you think he's buying street ribs like you are? Uh, <laughs> you know, I haven't. I haven't mentioned that to him, but maybe I will one day oh. when I'm walking past. Say, hey, Cam, you want some ribs? I'm. I've gotten firing up the grill later on. <laughs> But I am a vegetarian, though, okay? So I'm not going to eat them. I'm yeah, just going to yes, cook them. Yes. You want me to make you some ribs? <laughs> <laughs> Can I buy you some ribs from the street and cook them for you? Because I'm a vegetarian. <laughs> oh, yeah. A failing vegetarian. <laughs> All right, next one here. Hey, Naughties. My son recently got a dartboard, and he's given NBA Naughties. What is Naughty? Noties, 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 yeah, yeah, probably noties. No donkeys, noties. Bad spelling. Uh, my son recently got a dartboard, and he's given NBA themed names to the various targets. Hitting the red bullseye is called a Michael Red. The green outer circle is called the Gerald Green. And missing the board altogether and hitting the wall behind a, behind it is called a John Wall. Very nice. Mm. I don't think I've ever been more proud as a father. <laughs> what everyday things have you given NBA-related names to? That's from Tim in Australia. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Lee, get us uh, started. Well, in, in Toronto, I used to live at an address 
that was number 12 Aldridge Drive. So <laughs> oh, I, wow. Yeah, so I used to just say to people, I live at Lamarcus. And uh, do you guys remember from the score, Brendan Lynch used to cut court cuts? Yeah, yeah. Oh, he yeah. used to love that. I was like, <laughs> I live at Lamarcus. And he was, ah. <laughs> yeah, it was great. He he had an NBA themed address too, but I, I was trying to think of what it was, but I can't remember. But uh, yeah, we where was to... where was Aldridge Street or whatever? Uh, it's just it off like... the Danforth, just off the Danforth. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Didn't know yeah. that. So uh, yeah, <laughs> well, over where JD used to live, I assume. That. Yeah, uh, that way. Yeah, right, right, right off Danny Fortson Drive. All right, so you just called your own, your own place, a residence, just the Lamarcus. I'm sure yeah. a lot of people got that reference. Oh, yeah, hardly anyone, hardly anyone. But, uh, you know. Oh, a ton, of, a ton of people would have got it if the Raptors took him number yeah. one. Oh, yeah, imagine what it would have been worth if he uh, if it stayed <laughs> <laughs> and won a championship and gone in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> it would be the spot to have in Toronto. Yeah. Uh, I struggled a little bit with this question too. Um, I know there are a million things that I give an NBA related name to, but I couldn't think of any. Um, so I asked my buddies who always do this too. And I'm like, what am I forgetting? I'm just drawing a blank. I know we do this. And the one response I got was from my buddy Dub. And he says, for whatever reason, we call the crapper, the Tibby deuce can. <laughs> Because <laughs> it sounds like his name, and you're taking a deuce in it. And I'm like, yeah, that's what I was looking for. Thank you very much. <laughs> so I'll go Timmy Deuce Can. Just calling the the shitter that. That's all it is. And the only thing I'll say, I'll add is a a swaggy P type of shirt, like a fancy shirt. Lee mm. Swaggy Lee. It's like a a really bold and bright shirt. You know, I will now sort of refer to that as like a swaggy P type shirt mm. or something like that. So mm. Those are my two answers. Trey, you got one. Uh, well, we have our, our office plant that we that I had to bring home. It's Danny Green, of course. Uh, when I take a nap, if I ever take a nap, I have to set my, my timers always for 24 minutes. Call it taking a 24. It's like taking a 20, but not quite the same. <laughs> and just like you guys, I'm sure, I call my penis Dickie Simpkins. <laughs> <laughs> of course. I call mine Muggsy. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, save, save that for the ad reads. In <laughs> right. uh, uh, do you want to turn your Muggsy into a minute bowl? <laughs> you need Roman. I'll throw one in here. Yeah, I'm a, a big Birkenstock believer. Love my Birkenstocks. Yep. Recently purchased a few more. Been been wearing them for a long time. And each of my pair are called my Dorises because they're my Burks. <laughs> Uh, Got to put on my Dorises, my brown Dorises, my black Dorises, my white Dorises, my yellow Dorises. Wow, you do all. have a lot, eh? Yeah, I have a few. Well, not that many. <laughs> and I don't call them my Dorises, but I had to throw it, <laughs> throw it in there. And actually, recently, every time I look down at my Dorises, uh, this is this is a, a rare situation for me. But I'm looking down at my Royale Poison Ivy because I've got Poison <laughs> Ivy all over my freaking legs. Are you serious? And it's not fun. Yeah. Wow, how'd you get that? Where do you think you got it? I know where I got it. I'm just a, a huge dummy. Uh, part of my uh, part of oh, my lawn. Up in the this, back? Yeah, up in the back. Up in the back. I'm hanging out up in the back. I, yeah. It's happened a couple times, unfortunately. Wow. But, uh, Got to put on my... I need a pants pun. I need a pants pun. <laughs> if I put on my pants pun, I wouldn't have this Royale Poison Ivy problem. Hmm. Uh, you guys got a, You guys got an NBA pants pun? Pants, pants. Mm, be, I just keep thinking of the last pants. Yeah, or my John Long pants. My <laughs> what about pants down, man down? Nah. 
I mean, let's get yeah, let's get the pun gun juices flowing because we actually have a, a question that uh, is pun related a little bit later. So, all right, next one here. Hello, young boys, or shall I say, young men? Do you think we'll see an increase or decrease in the frequency of wedgies in Orlando? Tiddlywinks, looking good. PlayStation, cheers. That's from Joe. Yes, this is a question. Are we going to see more or less wedgies in Orlando, Tess? I think we're going to see a bit of an uptick. I think uh, this is random, random guess because it's it's hard. We've been tracking wedgies, and you just never know when they're coming. Uh, <laughs> you, you can you can John Schumann and really look at these numbers every single game, but uh, they're going to surprise you. I think over the years, having looked at the stats uh, this morning, we get them every. 26 games in in that year that we got to 51 that was the most frequent or if they slowed down every 33 games so there's a bit there's a big range we're getting 88 games in terms of the the seeding games the regular season games so you could expect you know about two to three but i think we'll get four i'm gonna go crazy i'm gonna say we're gonna get one every 22 games i think uh (laughs) the shot the shot will be a little bit off yep uh for guys the stability the balance maybe how does the humidity come into it because you know it's gonna be yeah a little bit stickier i think so i think that that works in our favor you know the 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 hands on the ball a little bit stickier just well just the ball yeah there's a lot of sweat out there you know so it's gonna Mm. gonna stick in there i think i mean I don't so know. you like I mean, our chances of getting what Tass is saying, maybe like four or five down there? Like, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, I think yeah. so. I think we're going to see a few more than normal. Um, yeah. Well, what are we at? What are we at when the season um, went on hiatus? We're at 36. I, and oh, I'd wow. say we'll wow. get to, yeah. yeah, it seems high. Well, we I had, there was, a, there was like March was good to us, I remember. Like we had like a little run because wedgies come in bunches. Everybody knows that. Mm-hmm. And uh, there was a nice couple weeks there because we went on a cold spell and then yeah, they were kicking up their task. So, mm. so thirty six. I think we'll get to forty, bef- and that's before the playoffs when right. there's another eighty or so games. So, yeah, it'll be you know forty two, forty three range. Hopefully, so ideally. You don't think fifties in play at all? That, oh no. man, man, no. I, no. I, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to be that guy who just, <laughs> who just throws out predictions okay. just because because there's okay. no there's no chance there's really no chance. Oh. Um, maybe there's gonna be less games. Games will be canceled too. Uh, <laughs> right. And can, I think I think part of it is conditioning down a little bit, and guys probably won't care as much to get to the hole. So maybe some more three point shots, which produce some wedgies as well. Um, yeah, let's go. Let's go. So let's, we, let's, well, let's get. Let's get there's crazy. A, uh, there's a listener out there. I think he's in England, and uh, he's a scientist, and he sort of gave us all the stats and the facts behind it. So if he's listening, perhaps he could uh, give us a prediction. You know, based on sure. uh, on previous history as to what he thinks and how the conditions will affect it, whether it be better or worse. <laughs> I mean, and then we, then we know. Lee, even a, a scientist is going to tell you we don't have a control group like this. We've never had teams yeah, together. Yeah. We've never had them playing in the hot, humid summer months down <laughs> all in Florida. There's no way to know. This is uncharted territory. I'm going 10. 10 wedges <laughs> in 88 games. Yeah, it's going to be crazy. The ball's going to oh, be sticking all the time. Oh, 10 yeah. in the regular season games. Oh, yeah, yeah, game. yeah, oh yeah. my <laughs> God. So then this guy believes in 50 still. I love it. I love your confidence. Um, maybe, uh, and we were talking with Josiah Johnson about this, like being uh, the other players in the crowd, maybe them yelling wedgie or brick or stuff like that has an effect on the player shooting <laughs> sure. too, right? Gets in their psyche a little bit. Like Beverly yelling at LeBron on the wing. And maybe he's a little off, and he's sticking sticking a wedgie more than more than normal. It's anything's possible, guys. Anything's possible. Yeah, fifty is gonna be tough. I like I like where I like ten, 
10 overall. I'm counting the playoffs. Hmm. So uh, if we get close, I you mean, if, we're, if it's exciting in the last couple of weeks, um, then, then we'll, you know, we'll have something. Can't wait. Next one here. Hey, podcast goats. Well, thank you. A couple of months back, I sent you guys an email with an unusual sign-off, not knowing if it would make the cut, and it did. To my surprise and delight, people have taken to rhyming the bros at the end of their emails, and I grin from ear to ear at least once or twice a beach-stepping episode when I hear the increasingly bizarre lengths people are going to. Good work, all. This guy is taking the credit. This guy is taking (laughs) the credit for people rhyming the Clipper bros. Wow. On to his question. Have you ever started something in motion that you were either really proud of or that took on legs that you hadn't expected or wanted to tenuously link this to the NBA. It might well be that they've started this Disneyland thing in motion that could now be hard to stop when perhaps it'll prove that they should have. Let's hope not. Keep up the good work. I listen to many a podcast. Yours is honestly the best of the bunch. Turn up. Support Black Lives. Important. That's from Paul in Brighton, UK. Wow. Claiming that he started it. If you want your scientist to do something, Lee, tell him to go back to the, <laughs> the previous episodes and find out if Paul created this. Uh, Trey, well, you got an answer for this, baby? Yeah, I don't remember exactly what year it was. I think it was 2017 and we were planning uh, Christmas festivities and what we were going to do for the show. We were looking at a bunch of ugly Christmas sweaters. I said, <laughs> I'll get that bull sweater dress. I'll take an XL. Matt Austin, he took it seriously. And let me tell you, an extra large in a sweater dress is not the same as an extra large in a man's sweater. So when Paul says, took on legs, let me tell you, I took on legs because there was a lot showing. It was mostly legs. This thing was not a mini dress, but when you're 6'5", it kind of is. I was like, Laura, what am I, what am I supposed to do here? Do you, have, do you have nylons I can wear? Do you got leggings I can throw off? She's like, yeah, I got you. Yeah, you wore leggings, right? Yeah, I had to. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I had to. Yeah. I remember that, that sweater dress hanging in our office. It was, uh, it was around chairs. It was like, you know, you, you wrapped it around chairs so it would stretch out as much as possible. It didn't really work, uh, yeah. I guess. Trey, Trey, yeah. Trey's got some curves, though. I think, uh, I think you owned that dress when you wore it. It looked pretty nice on you, you know? Well, you had the I mean, strut. It was tight in all the right places, you know? <laughs> Isn't the answer to this, though, what we just talked about in the uh, previous question? It's got to be wedgies. Mm. <laughs> Good point, right? I mean, we sort of we didn't create the term, <laughs> um, but we sure uh, you know put it out there. Uh, you know, really latched onto the lexicon and got it into the NBA Twitterverse and uh, sort of ran with it. Um, and to this day, still track them. It's been years now, and we sort of are like the wedgie, um, I don't know, experts, <laughs> or we pretend to be at least. Wedgie so, whispers. Yeah, so I think it's got to be wedgie. We care more about wedgies than anyone else. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, it's a thing. I think most NBA fans, even the casual NBA fans, sort of knows it. I mean, they use it on broadcast. Yep. Almost yep. every team now says it. Um, and, hell, a lot of them still give us shout-outs, even though they still think we're the starters. Uh, so that would be my mm. answer. Though, I have one more. You know, You know the perfect pump, right, guys? Like when you go to fill up your gas tank – and you like try and get it exactly on either the amount of gasoline you're putting in, in terms of the liters or whatever, or like the dollar usually, right? Like let's put 20 bucks in, you know, try and get it. Well, you don't do, you just do the, and try and stop it perfectly, right? You know what I'm talking about, the perfect mm-hmm. pump? Okay. Oh, yeah. Well, I want to get something else going because it hit me the other day, and I think it's just as exciting as the perfect pump, and I'd argue maybe even more so. 
I don't know how many of you guys, because I'm old, I'm showing my age, but I'll take like a vitamin C pill and like some dumb like men's health pill that probably does nothing, but it you know puts my mind at ease. So I have two pills, and I've got the classic like um, you know Monday through Sunday pill collector or whatever you call it, pill box, and you know so you go through it, you take your two pills every day just to keep track. And then it empties out. It's done and you got to refill it. So like the perfect pump, one of my favorite things to do is to take my bottle of vitamins or whatever it is. And then in one like shake, drop seven into my hand for the week. (laughs) It's the perfect pill pour. And uh, it's a great feeling, Trey. I'm telling you. Because it's not easy. It's not easy, but you can do it. There's, you know, it's you can you don't get it all the time. Just like the perfect pump, but uh, there's a little skill to it, and man, it's good. So I just want I want to throw that out there into the world. Let me know about your perfect pill pour. Uh, try it out and uh, and try and convince me it's not as just as enjoyable as the perfect pump. There you go. Anything like that, I think, is like the greatest feeling. You know, like you're you're playing dominoes and you have to draw ten of them to start or something like that. So you just reach your hand out, slide them back, and if yeah. you get exactly ten, you're like, oh, the perfect pull. Yeah, the perfect pull, the perfect pill pour, anything has to be a P, though. You're right. <laughs> That's right. Perfect something else. What do you got, Lee? Yeah, well, I guess, uh, I guess we, you know, when we went into quarantine here, no one really knew what was going on. You and no one really knew what to expect. And, uh, you know, we'd been opening packs of cards on Instagram Live every Thursday at, at the office. And uh, it was fun. It was fine. We're having a lot of laughs. And then, you know, coming into quarantine, it was like, well, how are we going to do this every week? And so we started doing it. You know, the group of us, we even got JD roped in there. JD killed it, by the way. Yep. And, then I, and then I thought, you know what, like, maybe I should just try to, you know, invite some other people who are in the NBA world. And, uh, you know, Sarah Kustok came on, Kendall Gill. I've had uh, Xavier McDaniel, Kenny Anson, Coach George Carl. And today, Wednesday, way back Wednesday, when most people, it would have happened already by the time most people hear this podcast, I would have landed Hall of Famer James Worthy from the LA Lakers. Wow. He's coming on today. So, uh, you know, it's, I, I, you know, when... When this all started, I thought, who knows where this is going to go? But you send out a few emails, you make a few calls, and uh, every now and again, you get a little nibble on that line. You got to reel in the big fish. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, big game, James, coming on today, four p.m. Eastern. Okay, and we, we've had we, we've enjoyed them so much that the last one with Cabby, uh, we turned actually into like a bonus podcast on the weekend. Yeah, which I thought uh, was a really really fun listen. Lee, I didn't watch the Instagram live because yeah. I'm not going to sit there and watch for 40 minutes on my phone. <laughs> but you're damn right, I listened to the podcast. It was great. He was sharing like stories about meeting Michael Jordan and stuff like yeah. that. It was awesome. And, and that's the idea as well. Hopefully, with James Worthy today, uh, it'll it'll be the same thing, and we can turn that into a podcast. And whether it's yeah. 20 minutes or 40 minutes or 50 minutes, or whatever it is, uh, hopefully, it's the same sort of thing. It's a little fun. Uh, extra little pod that's a bit different and uh, you know someone who can tell you a few stories about what it was like playing back in the day yeah because the cards are just a jumping off point for yeah, stories for sure. about those players oh, and stories yeah. about the guy's career if you can yeah yeah, yeah. You, you just want to hear you know like it was with Cabby like he's he's been in the industry for so long and uh, he's met people and he's had some fun uh, stories so James Worthy was a you know one of the Showtime Lakers uh, Hall of Famer so uh, I'm sure he's got some fun stuff to tell not going to be able to get his autograph unfortunately <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> well, yeah. Maybe, like, maybe. We'll see if we can figure something out at the end of it, you know? Like trying signature. Thing. Just before you go, James, would you mind if I just sent you a poster and you could just script it? And, and get someone to shoot it so I can put it on the gram as well. So it's actually legit. That'd be perfect. Does Instagram Live have those games like House Party where you can draw on there? And just ask James, James yeah. to sign the screen. Yeah, interesting. I haven't haven't thought about it. I mean, when, when you're in that sort of Instagram Live moment, it's hard to sort of then get too distracted with the other stuff. You've got to keep focused with the guests. So, I mean, right. there's a lot of comments and questions come through. And keep that up, by the way, everybody. Um, we try to get to them. We try to get to them. But, um, yeah, yeah, the best are. part of your um, Pop and Packs Instagram Live <laughs> videos are the five to ten minutes before you try and get the guest on. Or you know, you know, overcome the technical difficulties of you just yeah. saying, "Yeah, all right, got James yeah. Worthy coming up." Yeah, I see you out there. Then you give a little shout out, you have a little talk back and forth. Uh, People try man, and that... invite themselves on live, and you have to yeah. say no. Oh, that's my favorite part. Yeah, I think I think I've restarted uh, the last three guests. I've had to restart because uh, there's been a few connection issues. But that's a good thing about it, you know. Like it's fine. Once you get there, it's always worth it. Sure. Sure. All right. So James Worthy, go check that one out on our Instagram page. Uh, hopefully, by the time you're listening to this, um, yeah, it should be up. And and like you said, if we if it goes well and he's telling great stories, why not turn it into a fun little podcast at least for the weekend? So yep. make sure you subscribe. Uh, any other answers to this? I got a dumb one. Um, <laughs> there, okay. uh, yeah. What, what what did I start that kind of took off? Uh, it's it's not quite James Worthy, but it's uh, former NBA player Gustavo Ion, if you remember him. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure what the reason was, but I sang his name to the tune of Enrique Iglesias's Bailamos, if I may. Gustavo Ion, gonna set this pick forever, Gustavo Ion. Uh, now. People may say that's racist, I guess, if you want to call it that, uh, but you shouldn't. Uh, Gustavo Ion is still mentioned to me every once in a while because I sang, going to set this pick forever, Gustavo Ion. And I was so happy. This was on TV. I was so happy with the way I performed it. There's a little smirk after it that's just glorious. I kind of just smirk. I'm so happy with myself. And so, uh, yeah. <laughs> on the starters. Yeah. yeah, it was on the starters. It was okay. on the starters way back. It's, it's probably still on the YouTubes. Um, I'm sure people are watching it every day. And so Gustavo Ayon going to set this pick forever. And it still lives. People still talk about it. Gustavo Ayon still making things happen in Europe. He's won like a billion championships. And uh, he's good. Well, he's going to set those picks forever, I guess. So he's going to be playing forever. He's picking and rolling for sure. All right, we got a lot more emails still to read here and answer. But before we do, a quick word from our sponsors. Guys, it's pool season, otherwise known as chafing time. I've been in the water a lot this last month. I feel lucky to have a pool at my disposal, but I've also been in pain. You know that irritation. You have a swimsuit on all day, take it off. And that liner has produced a little raspberry on the side of a butt cheek, maybe on a leg. But it's definitely near your other berries. I finally know what chub rub is all about. And I wish I hadn't. It's not fun. Thankfully, I have the Manscaped Perfect Package 3.0. It's a grooming kit. I'm not calling my package perfect. That's the name of the, uh, the, the thing. Uh, one of the items in the MPP, let's call it, is an anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer. Yes! Came in handy. The MPP 3.0, it's fun calling it that, also has a waterproof, cordless body trimmer and a ton of other liquid formulations. It has a chest shaver, 
a crop preserver, a crop cleanser, absolutely everything you need for the summer. And now you can get 20% off and free shipping with the code THEATHLETIC at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com by using the code THEATHLETIC. And for a limited time, subscribers get not one, but two free gifts. Feels like I'm watching an infomercial. What do I get? The Shed Travel Bag, a $39 value, and the patented high-performance anti-chafing Manscaped boxer briefs. Anti-chafing briefs, how do they do it? So go to manscaped.com today and use code THEATHLETIC. You said it was um, waterproof and cordless. You're not doing it in the pool. (laughs) You're good. (laughs) You're good, though. That's right. Test that filter out in the pool. Uh, Here's a question I haven't asked you guys in a long time. Lee, are you listening? I am. I'm going to test you here. This is who wants some trivia, right? I'm going to give you a bonus point to your horrible performance if you get this right. (laughs) Okay, yeah. If you were to guess on average how many days people in the U.S. have to wait to see a doctor, what would you say? 15. Wrong. Minutes. That's wrong. People on average have to wait around 29 days wow. to see a doctor in major U.S. cities. Yeah, basically a month. And if you're dealing with a condition like erectile dysfunction, you want treatment ASAP. You also, if possible, want to avoid actually going to a doctor's office at all oh, yeah. right now. So listen up. Our friends at Roman, and yes, they are our friends. I let them borrow my ladder once. Have spent years building a digital platform that can connect you with a doctor licensed in your state all from the comfort of your home. Roman makes it convenient to get the treatment you need on your schedule, complete a free online visit, and you'll hear back from a US licensed physician within 24 hours. And if the doc decides that treatment is right for you, Roman's pharmacy can ship you your medication to you with free two-day shipping. You're gonna get that medication, then maybe you can try and uh, get the perfect pill pour, and then let me know about it. You also get free unlimited follow-ups with your doctor anytime you have questions. With Roman, there are no commitments, and you can cancel anytime. Just make sure you ask for your ladder back. So if you're struggling with ED, go to getroman.com slash no dunks for a free online visit and free two-day shipping. All right. Next one, Hey NDC. I've been listening since the pre-score days and loving every minute of it. Thank you for the amazing content and for using your platform to speak out on important social issues. In 2001, I got to go to a Celtics picnic for fans. I went to get some food and in front of me at the burger line was soon to be draft pick and future Hall of Very Gooder, Joe Johnson. He turned around to me and complained They don't have mayo? My mind was blown. I was 15 at the time and had been a straight ketchup, mustard, and pickles guy. I tried it at my next opportunity, the mayo, and loved it immediately. I credit ISO Joe with opening my eyes to the joy of mayonnaise on mostly any sandwich, especially burgers. My question, questions. Are you guys pro mayo on a burger? I would count special sauce that includes mayo as a yes, although Lee will surely find a loophole. (laughs) And have you ever gotten great advice from an NBA player other than how to produce male offspring? (laughs) Remember, it starts with an O, possum. Thanks, Jason. Okay, before we get to mayo talk and everybody's opinions on mayo and putting them on burgers, I wanted to clarify something about that O, possum line there from Jason. (sighs) I did you guys wrong. All right, I need to apologize. Uh, I guess it was the last Beach Step In podcast. I don't know when we were talking about it. But 
I said, because I had found out from a friend who I trusted, I trusted so much that opossums and possums were the same thing. They were just spelled differently. You could just spell them differently. And most people just called opossums, opossums, however you want to say it, just possums. Well, I was wrong. At Joseph Currency, clarified on Twitter, and he gave me all the, the links I needed to do my own research. <laughs> they are different animals. So opossums are generally called possums in North America. Okay. That's where the confusion started. The furry animals got the uh, pointed snout and the sharp teeth, and it's got like a pouch in its belly. But possums can be a completely different species, Lee, that lives in Australia and New Guinea and Indonesia and elsewhere in the Pacific. They share a lot of similarities, but they are different. Hmm. So guys, I want to apologize. <laughs> which buddy are, was it? Which buddy was it who things. gave you the bad info? You're always telling us that your buddy Dub, your buddy Grish. I mean, wow. throw this one under the bus. This was my buddy Jared, and I know he's listening. Oh, oh, and right. uh, and I will say, I mean, I had people tweeting at me, like, what are you talking about, Skeets? Jared did, the day after I talked about it on the podcast, he did a little more research, and he's like, uh-oh, I screwed up. <clears throat> so even he was like, he said, you know, he grew up in the South here, and he's just like, that was just not known. We didn't know about this other species. <laughs> we thought opossums and possums were the same thing, but they are different. So... Oh my God, I feel so good getting that off my chest. It's like a Billy Ellis here. There's no difference. I don't think there's a difference. Just like he doesn't believe Magic Johnson has a tweeter, I don't think there's a difference here in oh, North thank America. Thank you. A possum and an opossum are the same in North America. Yes, in North maybe, America, yeah. Yeah, maybe yeah. it's different. Maybe the Australian yeah. version is different from the one that we see here in the United States. Uh, but I do think in North America, they're the same. This is a that, magic scenario. That, from what I could tell, Trey, you're absolutely right. That is correct. But, uh, you know. It's a big old world out there, Trey. It's a big old world out there, that's right. <laughs> there, there is another type of possum. Uh, it, it looks similar. It looks similar, honestly. Uh, but it, I guess it's a little bit different. Anyway. Just like there's a big world of mayonnaise out there. You can get lots of different options of mayonnaise. <laughs> yep. But, Jason, don't include other mayos in this. Let's just talk straight mayo. Do you want it on a burger? Me, myself, and I, 100%. A hundred percent. I think mayo has become my number one condiment oh. on a burger. It is so gloriously good, and I don't need olive oil mayo. I don't need the light mayo. I don't need a, a Hellman's. I don't know offshoot. I just need <laughs> just get just give me the mayo. A light mayo is not bad, but yeah, don't throw any other no, crap in no. there. See, if you're going to go mayo, don't go light mayo. Go all in. Get all the fat and all the cholesterol you can because it's tasty. If you have light mayo, you may as well not put anything on because it tastes like nothing. I think. It just tastes empty. So for that one moment, that's when you're just like, right, I'm going to, I'm going to really uh, just take it all in here. You and, put it on uh, all your vegetables, vegetarian man? Uh, no, but, um, you know, sometimes we have a little, a little dollop of mayo. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but, but when, when you're going to indulge in mayo, you can't, it's not like, you know, you can say, well, I'm having the light mayo and it's just as good. It's not worth it. Not worth your while. So. All mayo. No, it's not worth your while at all. Mayo sucks and is disgusting. Ah. It should be nowhere near a burger or any sandwich for that matter. I'm uh, yeah, I got a weird thing with mayo. It's like, uh, which one of those jackass guys had a weird thing with mustard? I think it was or something like that. Mm. That's me with mayo. Um, I I hate the look of it. Um, <laughs> I hate the smell of it. I hate the like. I just I just don't like it at That's all. That's crazy because you, you know, love eggs, man. It's like all I, I do. I know, I know, but I like a, you know, more of a <laughs> like more of a shape. Egg. Yeah, I get yeah, it. more of a shape that I feel confident about. It's disrespectful to the eggs. That's why you hate <laughs> mayo. How dare they cream yeah. it up like that? It's ridiculous. I, yeah, I, I uh, 
Yeah, I mean, it's so silly because I obviously have a lot of other condiments that I like, uh, shout out to Sweet Baby Ray's, um, <laughs> that are cold, but I don't love mayo being cold either. I, I think it's, I don't know what it is. I have no idea. Um, JD, mm. where do you fall on the pro or cons uh, against mayo? I'm pretty indifferent, to be honest. I mean, uh, I like I like mayo. I like mayo on sandwiches and like tuna, tuna sandwich and that kind of thing. And I put mayo on a burger before, but... Uh, you know, it doesn't really do. I, I'm kind of with Lee. It just sort of doesn't really add to the burger experience. Just stick with the classics for me. Yeah. And the classics for you are mustard, ketchup, mustard, ketchup, pickles. Yeah. The that relish. Kind of thing. Okay. Yeah. So, so Trey, are you pro mayo? Oh yeah, I'm fifty-fifty yeah. on this. Uh, at our house, you know, if we have a ground beef around here, we're making four burgers, two for me, one mayo, one the classic move here with the ketchup, mustard, and pickles. I've even started using mayonnaise <laughs> to make my uh, my grilled cheeses, you know, like on the outside, uh, rather yeah. than butter. People suggest the mayo. You're losing the butter taste, but you're getting a lot of crispiness, and it's a lot easier to spread mayo than butter, let me tell you that. Is that a bon appetit uh, tip there, Trey? I, I know. I heard indeed, Nora talking indeed. about that, too. Um, yeah. You know, I had heard it before. I was like, there's no way to do this. It's going to look ridiculous, but I saw them doing it. <laughs> and it turns out you can cook mayo. You can warm mayo up, Skeet, so maybe if that's your problem. You yeah. A little warm look, mayo. Um, I, hey, if somebody's, if somebody's making sandwiches for a camping trip or a hiking trip and and there's mayo on it, I'm going to eat it. I like it. I'm not going to like puke. Um, I just don't. I, if I'm making my own sandwich, I'm never putting mayo near it. <laughs> That's just the way I am. Damn it. <laughs> but uh, hey, do you? Do you? And what so about, it sounds like a lot of people, Jason, are pro mayo. What about when your mom pulls those carrots out? Does she put some veggie plate with some mayo on the side there? <laughs> no. Do, I, gave you the, I gave you the mom update, right? Yeah. About the yeah, carrots? Yeah, yeah. yeah. For, uh, for all you listeners, uh, my mom eventually did text. <laughs> and it was uh, basically just you can leave carrots forever in the ground yeah. the longer the better you're, you guys are getting a little too antsy i think and want to yeah no you're panic. seeing you're yeah. seeing the greens and you want to pull them out and you're not getting anything there so just just let them let them be guys let them be yeah all right next email here hey new dirk tostinos i'm sitting here on a sunday watching the american kennel club dog sports is that real for each event dogs are compared to athletes for instance Dogs running in the fastest dog competition are all compared in some ways to Usain Bolt. But then they get to the agility course. And guess who those dogs are compared to? Russell Westbrook. Mm. I'm a huge OKC fan. Russ is my favorite athlete of all time. He's still the heart and soul of OKC. And until now, I have always been on team Westbrook is a cat. But having the American Kennel Club come out and use him as the agility comp is a pretty big blow. Spurlock, Muffin Times, Opossum. Again, had a lot of those this week. That's from MK. Now, this is a long-standing debate. Is Russell Westbrook a cat or a dog? It goes back to our Basketball Jones days. And uh, MK coming around to Russell Westbrook being a dog. Trey, what do you think? I'm shocked, um, and it's it's a paradigm shift for me as well. You know, it's on our merch survey. A bunch of people took our merch survey, and the very last question is: Is Russell Westbrook a cat or a dog? Fifty-five point six percent of people think he's a cat. I thought he was a cat too, but if yeah, dog experts he say he's a dog, <laughs> the guy's a dog. <laughs> I don't know uh, another way. They would know better than us. 
He's saying he's a dog at a dog show. I mean, what else is he? What else are they going to say? Yeah, Jack Russell Terrier Westbrook. Yeah, yeah. They could have I mean, picked any other basketball player, and the one they think of is Russell Westbrook. He's got to be a dog. I mean, I know they don't put cat shows on TV. I would watch a cat show, uh, but I don't know who they're comparing to. This has always been the problem with this question. That's why it's a great question. Physically. He's a dog. Yeah, he's a go-getter. He, you know, he is, he's athletic. He's going to run the field like crazy. But personally, I think he has the attitude of a cat. Um, and, J.D., I know we've talked about this before. You're pro-cat for Westbrook, right? Absolutely. Yes. And I, I'm going to say this. This may be controversial. Cats are more athletic than dogs. Sure, okay, yeah, you're right. <laughs> yeah, they always land on their that- feet. My dog lands... On anything but his feet, if he right. falls down. <laughs> right. Yeah, I, I think in general you might be right there, JD. But I, I see Russell Westbrook as a greyhound. You know, just completely running as fast as he can every single time he's out on the court. You know, you think the tongue, the tongue out the side. He's chasing that rabbit. He doesn't know how to stop. But I do. I, I have come round to agreeing that off the court, he's a cat. You know, he's he's definitely like yeah. he's prissy. And he's like, you know, he, he doesn't want anyone to bother him or to do anything. But right. if you're, but if you if you do like him and you're on his good side, then he will definitely sort of go up to you and, uh, you know, what is, what is it called when a cat goes up and rubs his like body pasture and stuff? Are you saying Russell Westbrook is going up to people rubbing his body? The, on the one the ones that he likes, yes, I think so. I think so. So um, yeah, he, 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 he he's a dog on the court, but he's a cat off the court. Right, yeah, that's, that's why that's it's always been the question. Yeah. yeah, because we did ask this question to NBA players. Yes, we did. And uh, your your the first part of your answer there about him being a, a greyhound. You said, uh, mm. well, some people. Ryan Anderson, great answer. I went back and watched this video. Ryan Anderson said, "Wow, I think he's more of a hybrid cat. Actually, he's a puma. I call him a puma. So yeah, I guess he's more of a cat." Uh, great answers. I actually didn't think this video was any good, but going back, uh, there were some good ones. Dwayne Wade was like, uh, like some guys, he, he, he was like, um, you're really setting me up here. <laughs> he, you know, he, like a lot of other men think, or oh, I can't call another man a cat. That's just, that's just <laughs> that's... wrong. Uh, so he, so he asks, how, how are, how are you asking personality wise? And, you know, I, right, I right. you know, and I, I defined it for him. He was like, well, I guess he's a cat dog. He could be both. Uh, Brooke Lopez, though, the best answer. He said, he's a dog. And then he threw some popcorn in his mouth because he was eating popcorn at All-Star Media Day. And I asked, why do you say dog? And he said, because I'm a cat person. <laughs> and everybody loved it around the table. Uh, Those are good Bro- answers. Brooke though. Lopez does not like Russell Westbrook, apparently. Didn't we um, ask Russ himself? Oh, yeah. yeah. And what did uh, he, he say? He was the end. He was, he was the end piece. And he, while I was asking him the question, he literally had his back turned yeah. to him. Yeah, like a cat. Very cat-like. Very cat-like, <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And, and his answer was, was where... I'm a wolf. <laughs> And, but I guess and, a wolf's more a dog, right? Yeah, yeah I think so. Okay, yeah, yep. yeah. He definitely didn't want to call himself a cat. Yeah, uh, yeah. He 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 gave himself the elevated dog, which is a wolf. Hmm. I'm with but, you, JD. Too. Cats are more agile. They they have more agility than a dog, but yeah. a dog is more powerful. Yeah. I mean, really? Have you ever seen a tiger take down an antelope? Oh, no, a tiger. Oh, well, that's a cat. Okay, you're right. You're well, right, Well, a wolf's man. a dog. I mean, like, Would you on. put mayo on a cat? A possum I mean, is an opossum, depending on where you are in the world. 
All right, great question. Did, did we hey. see? Uh, did you guys see uh, the cat lady from uh, the Tiger King? What, what's her name? Carol Baskin. Carol Baskin. She wished Zion Williamson a happy birthday. I was very confused. <laughs> Carol Baskin trying to pull in pull in NBA fans right now. What? What's going on? Get out of get out of our world, Carol Baskin. Cool cats and kittens. Uh, she stole that from uh, Kelly Dwyer, by the Kelly way. Kelly Dwyer. He's, he's been sure, saying that yeah. forever. Yeah. Oh. Hey, uh, just before you go, uh, speaking of Usain Bolt, uh, big congratulations to Usain. He became a father. Yeah, uh, awesome he, name. Go oh, ahead. Yeah, Olympia Lightning Bolt. He named his daughter. Wow. What? That's, I mean, yeah. great. That's awesome. It's an incredible name. Yeah, incredible name. Yes, congratulations. All right, couple more here. Uh, this one. Good day, no skunks. I recently received a kombucha brewing kit as a gift, and the instruction booklet is very insistent that you must name your batch of kombucha. I was wondering if you guys could help me out. I've flavored it with strawberries and ginger, and it is currently in the secondary fermentation phase. Perhaps a round of NBA kombucha pun gun? I'll start us off with Scobie Bryant. It's <laughs> good. Let's hear yours. Thanks for all the great work you do. Wear a mask. Black Lives Matter. Arrest the cops that killed Breonna Taylor. Yes. Zach from Wisconsin. So why not? It's been so long. You know, we don't really have the drop going. Why don't we fire up the pun gun, JD? NBA kombucha pun gun. <laughs> have at it, boys. What do you got? <laughs> it's pun gun time. Yeah. Uh, a one-time all-star from the Orlando Mag- Magic is uh, Nikola Kombuchevic. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, all I really know about kombucha, it's definitely Mark overpriced. Uh, <laughs> but if you make it at home, maybe you can get a, a Brent decent price. <laughs> or uh, or, or a, a good a good batch could be a Ronnie price. I don't know. Ronnie price. Here's all I know about kombucha. It's uh, has to be fermented Davis. Ooh. Ooh. I was saying you brew it using uh, fermentation prints. Very well, good. Your Bismack gut biombo. Yes. You have to runny brewer it. Yeah, it's, uh, I know kombucha can kill a lot of uh, Robert bacteria. <laughs> Do you have a favorite uh, kombucha brand, Lee? Because I know mine. It's Health Weight Organic. Ah, nice, nice, nice. <laughs> I'm not participating in this one because kombucha is... Jose Garbage Hosa. <laughs> Come on, JD, you gotta start drinking it so you can get your Mike Antioxy Dantonis. <laughs> I, I looked at antioxidants for so long, I'm like, I can't find one. That's nope, tough. I can't find one. That, that's a scam reddish. My favorite, uh, my favorite flavor is the uh, Will the Trilogy from GTS. Boom, GTS. I don't know, something. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Is that it? Call it? Uh, yeah. yeah. Bucci sure. Norris. Bucci Norris. Oh, oh, yeah. So nice simple. One. Oh, uh, that's good. Yeah, there's a Ronnie Brewer in there. Yeah, somebody yeah, said it. Got him. Got him. Oh, yeah. Corey. Sorry. 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 <laughs> it's not, a, it's yeah. not an official pun gun until somebody repeats one that was said <laughs> yeah. 10 seconds. It always happens. Is, is Oogly's a thing in kombucha? <laughs> Oogly's? Excuse me? I, 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 I was looking up terms of kombucha and Oogly's. So I was thinking Oogly Ananobi? No. What's an Oogly? I don't know. It's like uh, strands of yeast in it. Yeah, there's going to be a slime. So gross. Kombucha is so disgusting. I can't believe you drink that stuff. Ugh. 
Uh, well, usually uh, when you do brew one, correct me if I'm wrongly, you make it in a in a jar foreman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, like jar foreman, you can't leave it too long though. Yeah, All right, let's, yeah I'm trying to think of something else. No, no, let's right. go. Let's wrap this bad. We got one more here. What we got, oh, guys? Dear NDI boys, Big Dawes from Guelph, Ontario here. First time, long time, and I got to say, I miss hearing the sweet, hot fire that was for Bar Friday. So in hopes of invigorating your rap brains and getting some bars out to the people, I'm about to hit you with a question doused in some heat. Mellis Ellis Kirby and Skeets, you four dudes are pretty sweet. (laughs) I've listened a long time, and I love what you do. Don't worry, JD. You're my true number two. You make the magic happen like a zipper on a jacket. Master of the bleeps, no one needs that racket. One day I'd like to meet Steve Austin, because I think he's neat, but he's no Matt Austin. Boo! <laughs> boo to those racks. You're just starting to boo now? Well. Uh, <laughs> come boo to you, big dogs. Uh So Mellis, Ellis, Kirby, and Skeet, give me one wrestler you'd love to meet. Turd cups, attracting flies. Awesome. Hey, we appreciate the effort. Big Dawes. He also says, Gary is my true number one. Real TBJ fans will know. Oh, shout out to Gary. Yeah. Mm. Turn cups, attracting flies awesome might be the best bar there uh, in, that, in that whole thing. Uh, I don't know. Rhyming Austin with Austin. Austin, uh, yeah. <laughs> Spelled <Yeah>. differently. <laughs> uh, what do you got? I guess he's got the question there. Give me one wrestler you'd love to meet. Yeah, I mean, I'm an FNF fan from the very start, little tiny feet, but I like fast cars. So the answer for me, well, it's not a shock. You already know I want to meet The Rock. <laughs> wow. I'm going to put the work in, TK. I, I definitely didn't write anything. Oh. Yeah, The Rock is well known, but he ain't the goat. The one guy I want to meet is the dragon, Ricky Steamboat. <laughs> Taz, did you write anything? I didn't. Uh, oh, I feel oh like no. a loser. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's fantastic. Bruno Sammartin, no, I did not. <laughs> oh, man. Well, who would you like to meet anyway, if you could? One wrestler. JD, <sighs> same question for you, too. Can he, can he be dead? Aren't no. they all? Aren't they no. all dead? I'm kidding. No. Uh, the Rock. Of course I'm meeting The Rock. Yeah. yeah. It's got to yeah. be. It'd be a good. You'd want. You'd want to get that photo up on Instagram for sure. Trey and I met the Rock once at a cottage. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's a yeah. little smaller in person. He's actually. a lot smaller. I couldn't believe you were towering over him. That was crazy. JD, you got a wrestler? You I got a wrestler. I like to. I'd like to meet Paige. Oh, I just, oh yeah. I just yeah. watched uh, "Fighting with My Family," directed by Stephen Merchant. It's a the, her life story. It was awesome. I loved it. Uh, and it was, so I just love to meet her. I think my answer for this would be you know, the Rock is a, an obviously great answer. I guess maybe the Undertaker, like in full character. You play basketball, I think too. Talk to him about hoops. I'd meet him. Wait, you think he's talking hoops when he's in character? <laughs> <laughs> Probably not yeah. saying much. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, anyway, I'd like to try on his hat. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to see Matt Austin in that hat. God. (laughs) All right, let's call it there. Coming up tomorrow, we got a brand new squad episode. This one, I think, is going to be a blast. We're going to see who can draft the best 
Disney starting lineup, guys. Yeah, we're making a Disney hoops team, but we have different categories that we'll be drafting from. JD, there will be a Star Wars character category. There will be a Disney princess category. There'll be an OG Mickey Mouse character, like Legends category. So it's going to be a lot of fun building our best Disney starting lineup. Can't wait for that squad tomorrow on Thursday. Keep your questions coming, guys. For next week's Beach Steppin' Pod, email us, nodunksattheathletic.com. Tweet them in at nodunksinc. Don't forget to leave your boys those sweet five-star ratings and reviews on iTunes. Clipper bros. You heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Thank you for joining us. And remember, Paul from Brighton in the UK created that. He created the Clipper bros. He (laughs) made the Clipper bros. His offspring are the Clipper bros. And the offspring of those Clipper bros are those rhymes that you hear every every week in Beach Step. And way to go, Paul, in Brighton, UK. Brace the day, people.